This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Braintree. Code for easy online payments. Learn more right now by visiting braintreepayments.com slash supertrain. And by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. No credit card required. Enter the offer code supertrain at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Hello. Hi, John. Beep, boop, boop. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, my sinuses are a wreck. What happened to your sinuses? You know what happened to my sinuses. Are I was... you using them for something that they're not authorized for? It depends who's doing the authorizing. <laughs> the great Mr. Robert Evans would say I was using them just for what they're intended. Uh, was uh... I in air conditioning this weekend? You bet your ass I was. Yeah, you traveled. And then I was on a fart tube twice. So I'm just, you know, thanking my lucky stars that so far uh, uh, I'm not sick. Oh, my God. Two fart tubes and and two nights in a hotel. Yeah, I don't know if you know, I was in witness protection for a couple nights. (laughs) Could have been the worst. I I don't suppose you touch the TV remote without a bag on it. Uh, How's it going? Uh, good. Uh, you know, I feel like today is a, is one of those jam up days. Oh yeah, the whole way in it was just everything was a jam up. Oh no, I'm so sorry. You were here early. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, it wasn't like none of it was a terrible jam up, but oh. it just had that vibe of like, oh, everything's going to be a jam up today. I hate the jam. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like you have an idea about how this should go, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but 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 like a great U-Haul truck. Uh, existence has put a governor on your life and you're not allowed to go quite mm-hmm. at the propulsive velocity mm-hmm. that you need to make this thing go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's exactly right there's is 60- that right isn't that kind of the feeling it's like you're thinking like uh, you know what i've gotten enough i've broken inertia enough to get in motion and now i just need to keep moving just keep moving and that's i there are jam up days where i'm the jam up I don't think that's the problem today. Is that right? Yeah. The jam up days where I'm the jam up are like, where are my keys? Where are my glasses? What is going on? Yeah. Just stub, stub your toe. Just get a spider in your mouth. Uh. You know, <laughs> where you're like, what the? I've, I've only been awake in uh, like 10 minutes. I've got a spider in my mouth already. Stub my toe. Why, why am I bleeding? Why is there blood on? There on shouldn't my, be blood on, this on my, early. This is a jam up. This is a jam up. But today it was one of these jam ups where. Yeah, I'm on a two-lane road, or double, I'm sorry, four-lane road, du- two lanes in each direction. There are two cars driving side by side, 40 miles an hour on a 45-mile-an-hour road. Oh, thanks a million, Romulus and Remus. That helps everybody. <laughs> and everybody behind is trying to pick which one of these people is, like, the oblivious, like, dope that's just driving, that never looks in their rearview mirror. And it's just going to be going 40 miles an hour the rest of the day, no matter what. And which one of these people is like the inconsiderate but knowledgeable person who's driving 40 miles an hour because they're looking at their phone or they've got, you know, and then they're at, at some point they're going to become aware and then potentially could speed up or get out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Because one, one of those people... This is an interesting uh, thought experiment because one of those people, and we, this is a Heisenberg type situation, we don't know which it is, right. but for now, in this experiment, all we know is that one of those people is, 
is 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 dangerous in a way in that they are inept or they're being a little ignorant. But then eventually in the fullness of time, we'll learn that one of those people is a, a truly, truly horrible monster mm-hmm. because Please. they think they're helping. They think they're, I used to call it playing traffic cop. That, that, that's what's happening in this situation. And so, you know, there's, it, it stacks up, right? Five, <clears throat> six people now behind these two cars. And every person you can see them, and I'm I'm hanging back, right? Because I'm like, look, I I got no dog in this race. Uh-huh. I'm just puttering along. If, if if I if I get to if I'm just going forty all the way into the office, I'm still going to be on time. Everything's fine. So I'm hanging back. I'm looking. I'm I'm scoping. Right? Uh-huh, it's five uh-huh. six cars pile up behind this little two two person clusterfuck. <laughs> and there. So here's I'll give you all the evidence. Yeah. Because it's very confusing evidence for, for a group of drivers. The right-hand car is a lipstick-colored Toyota Tercel. Let's call it a 2001 Tercel, but it's like peach lipstick. All right. Okay. You got, you got that in your mind? Yeah. Which is that right lane or left lane? That's right lane. Okay. Left lane is a taxi. What? But it's a minivan taxi, hmm. and the entire back window is covered with stickers of various taxi authorization. I mean, the guy can't even—you can't even see who's in it because it's got. There's a bunch of jim jam on the back of the window. So, which one are you going to stack up behind? Which one do you think is the like, just the slow moving, dangling? It's never going to yeah. look in the rearview mirrors. Or which one is the one that's like, I'm just checking my phone and then I'm going to step on it when I see that I have created a problem. And they're side by side long enough that you can't immediately in this thought experiment pick out who is who. Oh, we've been going three. We've gone three miles. Oh, dear. Now with these two just, you know, just side by side by Sondheim. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so. What happens behind them? Go go ahead. Oh, well, all I was going to say was, <clears throat> in disclosure, I, I feel a little bit like I'm uh, going up against a Sicilian when death is on the line, because mm-hmm. I think this might be a little bit of a turns out or a double turns out. Mm-hmm. See, my feeling, just from what you described before you got to the part about the Jim Jam on the taxi window, is I was pretty sure that the lipstick was uh, the, the mere dingling, maybe had, maybe had his or her reasons. And then I was thinking, whoever's going to be in the left lane is clearly the dick. Because the dick chooses the left lane and plays traffic cop. But now this is where you go up against the Sicilian. Is now I'm thinking, well, that's interesting because that person's livelihood is on the line by how quickly they get from here to there. But I'm going to triple turns out and say, I'm going to guess the taxi person was the dingling, the true, the true Uber dingling. The true, like, like, uh, the the, the, the blight on society. Oblivious (laughs) rather than checking the phone. Uh, Yeah, like willful dumb fuckery. Like I'm, this is my lane. It's like the people on public transit who act like seats were reserved for them. Mm -hmm. Like people who don't know how to be around other people, people who don't know how to wait in a line, people who think that wherever they go, they have a four foot diameter bubble that should give them. That's a universe. That's a contained universe. It's it's their own personal public cosmology. Yeah. Well. So what happens is the uh, the other traffic that's now like you know eddying behind this log jam, <laughs> um, they all make kind of 
the they make the first determination like you initially did, which is lipstick colored Tercel has got to be some kind of oblivious mom, some sort of somebody that's just never going to that's not aware of their surroundings. But I mean, couldn't it also be? Let's be a little big hearted. Uh, that's that's not a recent car. <clears throat> maybe that's somebody who's worried they're going to be running out of gas. They, maybe they took they accidentally took the wrong vitamins, and now they're all uh, hopped up on goofballs. And they're... it's it's a clean car, and it's moving very reliably and steadily. There's no weaving. Oh, did you, you get know? a sense of the age of the lipstick driver? I don't want to be ageist. Can't see anything. Okay, that reads a little bit as retiree. Can't see anything in either direction. So it's so everybody's trying to make this decision themselves. And this is going to be taught in colleges for years, by the way. Every single person lines up behind the cab. Because they figured that's where the hole's going to open. The hole's going to open behind the cab, right? The cab's going to figure it out. The cab's going to get a call. The cab is going to step on the gas. The cab is where the, where the opening's going to happen. And as happens so often in these situations... Just the mere pressure, I don't even, I'm not even sure the cabbie looked behind, but just the pressure of six people piling up behind you sometimes will have the effect of pushing the obstruction, just pushing the, pushing the lemmy winks. Oh, it's the opposite of drafting. With drafting, you're on your cutter, you're on your cutter bike uh, pretending to be Italian riding behind a truck getting a draft. If I understand what you're saying here, I don't know the laws of thermodynamics, but I think what you're saying is that you get enough cars behind and it produces a forward draft that yes. should let that person know it's this time to step, step aside. That's right. We call it a push draft. Push draft. Okay. So the, the cab starts to move and you can feel everyone behind rejoice like, here we go. We made the right call, A. Cab's starting to move, B. This whole thing's going to open up. I'm going to be going 55 miles an hour here in the... in. And, you know, they've, they've, got their, they've got their GMT watches and they're setting the bezel and it's coming, mm. right? They've yeah. got another 30 seconds to wait in this long jam. And, then, and, I'm, and as they go by the lipstick car, they're all going to look down into the car and whatever their suspicion is will be confirmed about that person. It's either going to be an old lady or it's going to be, you know, some college student with, uh, with anti-reflection sunglasses or whatever it's going to be. The, the cab pulls ahead, pulls ahead. A brown, like, uh, Ford probe is first in line, slots into the space. The cab moves ahead, and now almost the probe is ready to make the move. Here's the lipstick car is holding very constant speed. It's very exciting mm-hmm. how reliably that lipstick Tercel is maintaining 40 miles an hour exactly. The cab finally clears the line where the probe can pop over. The probe pops over and immediately stops accelerating. So the, the probe... Was that, a, pro- was that a revenge pass? The probe cleared the gap and then pulled up, and now the probe is going the same speed as the cab, and they are neck and neck, and... With the with the lipstick car now behind the probe. Oh my goodness! I'd never seen they, they've anything. They've nearly like... swollen their ranks at this point. Yeah, yeah. The probe was like pushing, pushing, pushing. Like let me through, let me through, let me through, and then got through. And as soon as the probe had the the open space, the wide open American space in front of uh, his headlights, he was satisfied. He'd gotten he'd gotten all he needed. Mm. 
I've seen this. I've seen this happen. It was, and then, oh my goodness, you had the the now six, seven cars that had that had been patiently waiting to to thread that needle. Wow! Can you can you imagine? So I was super glad to be hanging back as a passive observer. Mm-hmm. But then the entire rest of the way in to town, it was just one person after another was trading. It was like there was a baton of stupid. Mm. And they were just passing this baton of stupid back and forth. And I, I got into the office and was like, Phew. happy to be here. Happy to be here. That was kind of unsatisfying. I, I, I you know, well, one thing about a baton of stupid is uh, uh, dropping it doesn't mean you've lost or won. It just means you're still stupid. <laughs> oh, right. The well, race you, does not stop because you've dropped the baton. That's the nature of the baton of stupid race. If you touch it, then the <laughs> stupid is imparted to you and you can't get, it's not just like, it's not just like uh, uh, magic cards thrown out of your sleeves and you're just trying to flip them away. <laughs> he can't get rid of those cards. <laughs> he keeps producing fans. John Roderick, you got to tell me what happened with the Heisenberg cat. So what was, what was, 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 it, was it a self-driving lipstick car? Oh, no. So by the time I got around the lipstick car, I mean, it was a 45-year-old Asian woman. Oh, mm. I'll cut that out. Presented without comment. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, I'm glad you made it in. Uh, sorry, there couldn't be more push drafts. You know what? I've done that. I've done the revenge pass, and I'm not proud of it. I used to be a small person, and I would do a revenge pass. Yeah, any more? You know I'm, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I'm going down. I'm going down I-75. Somebody's not driving to my satisfaction. I go past them. I get in front of them, and then I go one mile an hour slower than they were going. <laughs> That's terrible. It's the worst. What, 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 was I, what, what was I attempting to solve with that? Uh, yeah, I know. I, uh, a guy did that to me the other day where I was – I'm trying to thread a needle, right? Or it's like somebody's in the somebody's, – somebody in the left lane decides to put on their turn signal – just as they slam on their brakes to make a left turn. You know, it's one of those people that's just like, oh, I just want you to, I want your tires to go flat, you. Mm-hmm. Because everybody behind you is trying to figure something out. And then you're like, I'm turning. Clank, clank. <laughs> and so I am already in the right lane. I'm not affected by this person. But behind them is one of those Dodge jacked up 2600s with, giant coal burning pipes and the guy the guy in the truck is bald with sunglasses on the back of his head and oh, i've seen that guy i've seen and, that guy and he's if he's not a member of the nra then his dad was and i bet he's every, wearing I bet he's wearing short pants john he's got short pants on for sure mm-hmm. and he does thinks, he have a goatee does he have a goatee john I, he does he exactly has a goatee he's got he's got some he's got some glasses that he might have one pair uh on his nose to cover his eyes he's got another on the back of his neck he's got right. another on a pair of croquis that's right right that's right and uh <laughs> and you know like a don't tread on me flag somewhere that's right and uh he thinks that he's gonna just not not change his forward momentum at all except to just weave over into the right lane real fast. He's even though his truck is 45 feet long, he's just going to weave over there real fast and then weave back. But I'm already in that space. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just traveling at a constant speed. But I'm in that space already. 
And so he's got to slam on his brakes, but now it's my fault somehow. You can see it in the way, you can see it in his head bob as I go past him. I'm not looking at him, mm-hmm. but I can, see his, I can see his little tantrum mm-hmm. because it didn't work out the way he planned. That guy's, so, that guy's whole life is a jam up. It's a fucking jam up. You yeah. can tell. You can tell. He, can, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been satisfied with anything in years. All the Metamucil in the world mm-hmm. is not going to clean this guy out. So I'm driving along, doing my minding my own business, and uh, a minute later, here he comes by me. Wah! You know, just hauling ass by me, pulls over in front of me and slams on his brakes. <sighs> and he pulled over right in front of me, so that I didn't. So that I had to. I had to brake. You know, I didn't even have the option of like, not affected by you, you know, go ahead and do your, do your dumb thing. Or like if I had, if I had anticipated it, right, just as he pulled over in front of me, I could have weaved him like I could have, I could have dodged him, bobbed and weaved, but I didn't. I was just driving along, just looking at the birds. Mm. And so he got me with that. I was, I was punished. I was punished for having been some, you know, some, some dummy in his way. Yeah. He, 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 uh, his, his life is probably filled with dummies that he is aware need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And then he's constantly discovering new dummies. I'm not sure we're doing anything entirely different, except I think, I think we're in the right. Oh, for sure. Well, because we have a podcast. We got a podcast. We understand the importance. See, see, this isn't such a. This is the original Roderick on the line discussion, but it is. It is shot through everything that we do today. Is keep moving and get out of the way. Like it's not a bit. It's a. It is. It is literally a way of life. And I, I mean, I think a lot of people they like that. It's catchy. It's it's become America's favorite catchphrase. But I think what people forget, I want to point out two things. Let's just review a little bit, if 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 you don't mind. No, no, no. Go back. <clears throat> Number one, I want you to really remember, it's keep moving and, and get out of the way. And get out of okay, the way. Okay, so if you're at the real novice level of this, if you if you just understanding that you should keep moving or get out of the way is not bad, but that you have not really reached uh, the boss level yet. Like we're talking about what you need to be doing is you need to keep moving and get out of the way. Now, here's the other thing. I want you to understand. You're not being mean when you're keeping moving and keeping getting out of the way, moving out of the way. You're helping people. You're helping people. If we all found a way to do both of those things all the time, everything would get better. Everybody would be helping everybody. You know, if every libertarian who nominally agrees with that statement in the way that they do everything they do, if every libertarian would actually adopt, keep moving, and get out of the way, I think they would have more credibility. Well, they'd be moving for one, and they'd be out of my way for another. See? It helps everybody. I, I do feel like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, about how we are trying to help people on this program, but what we're really trying to do is empower people to help people. Oh, you're right. right. We're training the trainers. We are, that's exactly right. We are helping people help people, and one of the ways, one of the prime ways is, well, the prime way, obviously, is hashtag super train, but, yeah, the, yeah. but one of the prime ways is... Teaching people to teach people to keep moving and get out of the way. Yeah, it's kind of like the world's least financially successful pyramid scheme. (laughs) No, that's Alcoholics Anonymous. (coughs) This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Braintree. Looking to set up payments for your business? Braintree gives your app or website a single payment solution that accepts just about every payment method with one simple integration. It's that easy. 
Plus, Braintree will give you the first $50,000 in transactions fee-free. To learn more, visit braintreepayments.com slash supertrain. So maybe you're working on the next Uber, next Airbnb, next GitHub. Hey, why not use the same simple payment solution that helped those companies become what they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, so easy, and so seamless, it's almost magical. You add it to your app with just a very few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, you can bet Braintree will be there to support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. You got to see this for yourselves. Please check out braintreepayments.com slash supertrain. Remember, you're going to get that first $50,000 in transactions, fee-free, full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types, single integration, a few lines of code. Come on, people. braintreepayments.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Braintree for supporting Roderick Online. But, uh... If, um, the make money, with- <laughs> make money stuffing envelopes. Ask me how. Hi, John. The problem with keep moving and get out of the way <clears throat> as a teaching strategy is that you want to, this is what's the most frustrating about it. You want it. You want other people to learn by example. You want to show them, hey, look, here I go. I'm out of your way and still moving. Mm-hmm. But pro- people refuse to learn, right? They They are not, if they are already in the way, then they are presumably not watching to see a better way. And so this is why I feel like it should be part of the driver's exam. It should be part of the, the, the ongoing education of everybody because it gets to something really important. And it, it has something to do with what you described earlier about having a jam up day and a push draft with a little, bit, you know, a little bit of baton of stupid thrown in, which is there are people who are constantly seeking redress for something that happened in the past. And mm. that is being acted out in how they drive 40 fucking miles per hour in the passing lane. It's not the fast lane, you guys. It's the passing lane. Mm-mm. You don't hang out there. No. Don't, don't eat your lunch. No, you're not being don't, fast. No, don't snap your chat. You move. Keep moving, right? Move. But I think I think this is the thing. And and if any of these people behaved, and some of them probably do behave this way, but if they behaved in the execrable way that they are behaving in their automobile on John's Road, if they behaved that way in line at a Target, whoo, can you imagine? Well, they'd get eaten alive, wouldn't they? I hope so. Yeah, hope they're, to they're, shout, my goodness. <laughs> their bones would be spit out into the parking lot. Oh. I feel like... This is, I mean, back to the UFOs. I don't want to. I don't mm-hmm. want to recapitulate every single one of our projects. I think if we only do it every few episodes, people will get comfortable with it, and it won't seem as jarring, and we'll be in that sweet spot between eye rolling and oh my god. But so you know, don't you, that Hillary Clinton has promised, if elected, uh, she may have said when elected, but let's say if elected. Hillary is going to get to the bottom of Area 51. It's my understanding, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's my understanding that in addressing the UFO people, she not only, she, she didn't do her usual, yes, I enjoy Earth sports, ha ha ha, name of game. She right. actually used like an UFO community like term of art. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. She didn't even say UFO. She's, isn't there like a new word for like the, the chemtrail insiders with UFOs? What's the new term? Well, let's not talk about it here. All right. But, but you know what I'm saying? I guess what I'm trying to say is, if I remember correctly, when asked about this, she did not hesitate 
she, she answered uh, it's alarmingly in an alarmingly forthright way and actually threw in a little bit of uh, inside language. She, she, she used the hanky code for UFO people. Let me go one better. I think Hillary started talking about it without being asked. Oh. Prompted the discussion. There, there that, wasn't even a chuckle. No, 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 no. She's, she was not, uh, she was not uh, mollifying some kook with, by using their inside language. She was outing herself as an UFO person, <laughs> like an, <laughs> an UFO truther. She's an UFO truther. <laughs> and she said, when elected, I will, and then just you know, went down a list of, of dog whistles for UFO people. And, you know, all across America, there was an UFO quake where all these people came up out of, you know, they turned their shortwave radios off and ran up into the light and said, finally. But she's, she's dead serious. Um, and, and it caused me to reflect on the fact that her husband was president for eight years. You would think if she, she cared about it this much that they would have had the opportunity. But... If if you're married to Bill Clinton and you got to keep it civil, you're going to want to have just a whole bunch of things you don't talk about. And you would be, think how wonderful it would be to have something you could talk about with your husband, the president, that wasn't about him uh, donking somebody. And maybe maybe she brings it up at dinner one night. Maybe things are getting a little chilly and she's like, so uh, what's the deal with that thing? Yeah. And and he, he wants to mollify her by saying, oh, yes, well, you know, I can't say too much, obviously, because I'm the president and stuff. Right. Right. Is this where you're going with this? Like she must she must she must have had some briefings. Things have happened. He got he got awakened in in the middle of the night because something that was happening in Arizona or whatever. Right? He's had some briefings. You know he's had some briefings. He's but, he's been down to see what's his name? Bing Bong? What's his name? Uh, Gleeklorp. He's seen has, has he seen Gleeklorp? No. But he's he's seen where, where Gleeklorp is kept. If he wanted to know the answers about Gleepglorp, he <laughs> would have... Is it Gleepglorp or Gleepglop? It's Gleepglop. Okay. Before the chemtrails, I used to remember things better. The thing is, it's not just Gleepglop. I'm sure there's a Gleepglorp, too. So let's, let's talk about him. <laughs> Gleepglorp... He's the one. Oh, I see. This is, like, this is how like, uh, Bill Wyman is the first Rolling Stone you meet, right? <laughs> they're, they're not going to take you straight to Gleepglorp because no, he's Glop. he is well. Here's the thing: Gleepglorp is a more gaseous wraith kind of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do not want to meet him first. You want to meet this little guy who looks like something you buy for your kid at Six Flags. Yeah, Gleep hello. Glop. <laughs> <laughs> Pleased Glop to meet you, is, Earth uh, President. <laughs> he's just Gleepglorp is just the uh, he's the bartender, right? Gleepglorp <laughs> is the one in the back room. <laughs> But but my sense of what Hillary is saying... <laughs> he's he's the Eldritch character that is contained in a very special facility. <laughs> uh, the, the, and, well, the thing is, in alien nomenclature, right, Gleep is the, is the patronymic. And is then is that the phylum? What is that? Or well, is they're that the all, kingdom? They're, they're all Gleep. It's like in, it's like in Korea. You know, they're all, they're all Kim. But oh, then Kim's all the way down. Yeah, yeah but then, they're, then, they're, then their last name is their first name. It's that, it's that type it. of thing. I got it. Uh, but I, but my sense of what Hillary was saying is that her husband, former President Clinton, wasn't that interested, and so they gave him the briefing. But you know, President gets a lot of briefings. They were like, "Oh, Mr. President, you know, come into this room. We're going to talk for a minute about Gleepglop and Gleepglorp." Mm -hmm. And the president was like, "Yes, well, interesting. 
Thanks for the heads up. He, he basically appears interested in things for a living. That's a president's job. And, and he, was more, he was more interested at that point in time in juicing the economy with his vaguely neoliberal policies. Yeah. And he was not interested in getting to the bottom of the one world government that lives beneath the polar ice caps. Right. And that I think you can just tell. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's, te- a, that's a press conference he didn't want to have. Yeah, you just tell by looking at the guy, is this guy interested in getting to the bottom of the one world government Mm-mm-mm. controlled by UFOs? No. But his wife is. And she was biding her time, potentially biding her time this whole time, to get into that hot seat. And I think if you look at the other candidates for president, all of them, include, if we go all the way back a year from a year ago, look at all those candidates for president, and then you, then you apply the transparency of who is going to get to the bottom. Who's going to go to Area 51, go down the 44 flights of elevator into, uh, the, uh-huh. into the, 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 the salt cavern and actually face-to-face talk with Gleepglop yeah. and Gleepglorp. Talk to Gleepglop, get a drink. You don't talk and then, to Gleepglorp, you interact with Gleepglorp. <laughs> talk to Gleepglop, get a drink, go through the curtains, and then Gleepglorp pretends to be... <laughs> he, uh, he pretends to be your father. And he talks to you in a, like a fatherly voice. Oh, like a contact thing you can understand. Yeah. I bet this is why Ted Cruz was so, I don't want to go with the obvious here, but I mean, he's obviously an alien meatbag just, just from the perspiration. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bet this is, you know, oh, Lady Doth protest too much. Like, he's not going to want to go, I'm not going to go visit with Leaf Cop. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, a little on the nose. Because what, what if Leaf Cop goes, oh, Gleep Glonk, I finally met <laughs> You are finally here. Right. And then, and then sticks a little hose into him and sucks all the meat out of him. And then he's just a bag of skin. So I'm very excited about this as a, as a UFO truther. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, our, our chances have improved at least about, about, about somebody op- reopening Project Blue Book and saying this can't all have been swamp gas. Let's let's get to the bottom of this again. We've gotten to the. It's like the Kennedy assassination. We've gotten to the bottom of it already. Four. Did that happen times. in a car, John? I'm gonna I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause here. <laughs> let's take let's let's take this whole discussion out of the thing later. But what, uh, what? that that right there, uh, the, all of it. Oh, because this is too sensitive. This is too sensitive stuff. But but I'm laying the groundwork with you. Okay, all right. To be able to talk about this later, um, because my sense is. That when this all goes down, yeah, and when the UFOs say, "Okay, the the jig is up," right? We've been we've been um, we've been designing frozen dolls for a long time, right? We've been making a lot of movies about UFOs because the UFOs control Hollywood. Children like ice and singing. <laughs> Look at big, big <laughs> eyes on doll. The eyes just keep getting bigger, don't they? Very pretty. Very pretty. Big eyes. Very pretty. When that, what, what, all of this is laying the groundwork, right, for the big reveal. One day it's going to be like, oh, and they're not going to do it like, oh, it's, they've been here all along. <laughs> we were just kidding. It's going to be, the big reveal is going to be like, we never knew about them before, but here they finally are. Like, they did finally arrive. Maybe they've been here poking farmers in the butt a little bit. But we weren't. The government wasn't aware of it. We weren't Mm -mm. aware of it. Remember all those times that the Air Force was like, we saw something on the radar, but it could We we, we never found it, so it couldn't have existed. The Air Force was duped, too. 
the UFOs are finally here, and it's going to be a big surprise. All the kids are going to welcome them because they're going to look like frozen dolls. Yeah. But so when this happens, right, how, how, how do you picture it happening? Like, what's the first, what happens that first moment when you're like, what? The, the aliens are real? Like, what's, what's, what's your first, you wake up that day. You wake up Tuesday morning. What happens? What's the first thing that happens? I... So you're saying, but let me let me let me get this clear, and we're going to cut all this out anyway. But like, for example, they go, "Hey, you know what? Guess what? It turns out there is a certain kind of moisture on Mars that shows us that it is far from impossible that there's some kind of life there." But like, you know what? You feed them a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, right? And when we say life on Mars, like, who knows? It's not going to be a biped, right? It's not. It's going to be something cl- closer to like what we think of on Earth as bacteria, probably, right? Sure, it's a it's a it's a mold. But yeah, that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Historically, you dribble that out a little bit, notwithstanding the butt probes. You right. you, uh, you you dribble that out a little bit. You're saying on this day, incontrovertibly, like nobody in, nobody in the White House is denying that we've definitely got an alien. Let's call it. Let's call it that. They they don't necessarily need to be bipedal, but let's say that there's. It's the day that intelligent life is revealed. Incontrovertibly. They well, are, I mean, I mean, for most people, they are here, mm-hmm. and they are queer mm-hmm. by any definition. Now, part three begins. We got to get used to it. Get used to it. Get used to it. How how is that revealed to you on that day? <clears throat> if it's a jam up, I think it begins. It's got to be a little bit Planet of the Apes, like that thing gets discovered in isolation, and it allows them to have plausible deniability for all the things they've been covering up for hundreds of years. So you're saying that they find an obelisk? If they, it might be an obelisk, or or it might be uh, like a Gleep Glop's uh, little kid's toy. They find something, but I guess that doesn't prove it. You're saying there's an incontrovertible. You're saying uh, Tucker Carlson can actually talk to an alien on the TV. Yeah, my suspicion is that the way it has to happen is mm-hmm. the way that it happens fairly often in movies because the way the way it happens in movies, right? These movies are produced by UFOs who are walking around in they live style uh, face masks in yeah. Hollywood, interacting with Rowdy Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, and I, making- I mean, come on, a Rowdy Roddy Piper is in a movie, really? I mean, <laughs> let's really think about that for a minute. <laughs> you know, you know who's executive uh, producing? Uh, you know, a lot of those films, a lot of John Carpenter movies writ large. You're not gonna find out for years, years. Right. There's right. an executive producing credit that has been left off of life. Gleep glop. Gleep Let's glop. just say what it is. Mm-hmm. But he probably uses a pseudonym like, uh, like you know, Mick and Keith. What happens in a lot of those films? Everybody wakes up one morning and there's a giant spaceship hovering over every major city. Mm. Right, because <clears throat> it's not. You don't want a giant spaceship just hovering over St. Louis, Missouri. Because right. You mean you're talking about like an Independence Day or a District 9. There's like a giant flying saucer like looming over a metropolis. Yeah, and, it, and even this is the thing. It's usually a giant flying saucer in those films. And I think that's probably, and I think that's the Hollywood UFOs sort of overselling it a little bit. Because really, if it was just... No, forget if it. it. Was, if it was just like a four-passenger one... It was a tiny little spaceship. It would no. still still have the same. Effect. It's so much more plausible if we learn that six uh, percent of what we previously thought were mosquitoes are actually alien vessels. Right. That makes so much more sense. Where they would come in and go, "Here's something we can get away with." Mm-hmm. But you're talking about basically like uh, you know uh, taking a battleship into the middle of Manhattan. Like who's yeah. going to do that? That, no, seem, that seems that like, seems you know anybody's going to know, even or especially 
especially UFOs, they're going to know that that's going to put people off their beer a little bit. I, if we can revisit a story I told a long, long time ago where uh, during a certain part of my life, I believed that uh, if the UFOs wanted to camouflage themselves, mm-hmm. they would do it by turning their spaceships into 727s. Yeah. Now, of course, there aren't any 727s anymore. But so that, there would, are, that, would, that would seem weird if they just showed up at the airport. Right. Yeah. I mean, a certain number of train spotters would be like, wait a minute, what the mm. hell? Where are these 727s coming from? But if they. <laughs> With Pan Am on the tail. If they, we if are they, definitely a plane. <laughs> Hello, a fellow uh, Earth pilots. I mean, pilots. Uh, but if they were 737s, right? Yeah, there's 737s everywhere. Look up, look out your window right now. You'll see a 737. I can see two from here. They're leaving chemtrails. So if there was. <laughs> You bet you're boopy they are. Uh, but if a 737, let's say there's 737 on approach to every major airport in the country, and it just stops moving forward and just goes into a hover, right? That would send a powerful message to everybody. Because yeah. all everywhere you went, you could look up, and there would be a 737 just not moving. That would, that would be powerful evidence of something. And that would be a great way to say, ding dong, mm. who's at the door? Oh, hello, it's Gleep Glop. Yeah. Here with some <clears throat> tasty earth drinks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next thing that happens, right, because everybody's looking up at the I mean, Maybe you could bring like a, like a four loco because that's kind of hard to get, right? Sure, or the old style four locos. That's right? what I mean. Like, yeah. You can't even get these anymore. Because it makes people insane, and they'd be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I love the aliens. I, well, but they, everyone's looking up. The 737 is a very familiar shape. So the only thing that's weird right now is that they aren't moving. Yep. And I'm yep. not saying every 737. <clears throat> lots of them are still taking off and landing. It's just, this, it's just one outside of every airport just hovering. So unclear what's going on, but this is priming the pump. All around the world, this is happening in in Mumbai. It's happening in Abbottabad. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Hmm. Then they then they come on the airwaves. Okay. All right. Right. And, and not everybody has terrestrial. This is happening pretty quickly because my concern here. I, I'm keeping mum about this. My concern is if 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 they if the seven thirty sevens if they start hanging in midair and there's time to speculate. There's going to be a lot of lunatics who don't understand that those are probably UFOs. They're going to come up with all kinds of crazy theories. It seems like they've got to get the press pretty quick. Glee Club's got to get on the horn and start talking to everybody. Hello, I bring you cancer treatment or something. Well, what's going to, you know, first, the the Air Force sends up their jets, but they realize that their jets are uh, not very useful because the 737s are immobile, right? So they're flying around them. In in F 16s, but that's a, that's not. Oh, see, our our Earth uh, planes can't hover. Right. That's part of the problem. So if you, if it starts going seven hundred miles an hour, we're good to go. Right. But if they're if they're just hanging out over uh, you know Richmond, Virginia, we don't want to be buzzing and strafing. Sure. So they send up helicopters or ospreys or whatever their current <clears throat> like, uh, like a Harrier, John. Yeah, but a Harrier is going to use a lot of gas really okay. fast. All right. right? Yeah. They okay. send up some you know some uh, Apaches, let's say, some Cobras. Mm. And the helicopters are flying around them, but there's no. This is the thing about an immobile 737. It's no threat to anybody. There's no weaponry on it. Yeah, it's maybe it's full of people. So your helicopter they can't, they can't communicate with it, right? And they don't want to just flat out attack it because yeah. you could have a bunch of babies on there. 
Yeah, you you can't shoot it down. It's a it's a it's an airliner. All right, all right. So the helicopter's flying around. They're trying to look in the windows. They can't. It's like what the hell? But you know, you can't take an aggressive stance. And all the conspiracy theories, you're you bet they're they're online saying what they think it is. It's a it's a uh, a cross temporal reality. Muslims theme could be Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you let you let everybody stew for a day, and then they come on the air. And uh, and what happens when they come on the air? They're broadcasting. You know, it's on the internet, but it's also on televisions all around the world. And it's the alien spokesperson who is me. Oh, the emissary. The emissary. They've contacted me. He said, greetings, Earth. Hello. You might be familiar with my podcast. Hello, Earth. I am a friendly uh, fellow Earthling. Mm -hmm. My voice is being uh, simultaneously translated into all the languages of the world. Which is definitely not weird. (laughs) So I appear to be speaking to you in Farsi or... You know, in Tagalog, mm-hmm. but uh, but I am uh, just a you know I'm just an American, uh, and the reason they chose me is just that I was the obvious choice. They're yeah. monitoring all human beings, and uh, they picked the one that would be best at this job. And so I'm here to put a human face on this experience. Now I'm not here to advocate for them or be a, or put a human face on the UFOs because I'm as curious as you, but I'm here to. Moderate the experience. I am the uh, let's call me the anchor man, mm-hmm. and and uh, in future generations, like a thousand years from now, that's how I'll be remembered, right? Oh, he was he's the original anchor man, the anchor man. Well, they won't it. There won't. Oh, ever, you'll you'll you know, be the anchor man. It's like Madonna. <clears throat> oh, I see. You got a mononym. Yeah, the anchor man. Yeah, the anchor man. And actually, this is a fucking tremendous screenplay. That I'm laying out for you right now. <clears throat> I've got some notes for you, but yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> the anchor man. <clears throat> the, an- the anchor man. And I'm just having the experience in real time, along with everybody else, like, let's lay out what we know so far. I'm on TV, so that right there is pretty exceptional. Yeah. This, this is an unusual day. And it's not in the usual sense a reality show. So the fact that most people have no idea who you are, it won't seem weird. Yeah. I mean, it already seems weird that I'm on your, that I'm, on, I'm speaking Tagalog. Yeah. Um, and there are 737s hovering above all major cities. So I'm going to jump ahead and say this is, a, this, is a, this is a phenomenon that I bet has to do with UFOs. And then as it unfolds, I would just be walking everybody through it. And at that point, I'd be throwing in some keep moving and get out of the way science on people. Okay. Yeah. Right? Because they won't let us teach it in the DMVs. <clears throat> But this would be the moment. This would be the moment that I could also be interjecting some life science into the whole experience for people. So it's like we're going to be dealing with a new whole, whole new reality, planes hovering in the air, dogs and cats sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And one great way to do that would be to learn this simple tool. Mm-hmm. Keep moving and get out of the way. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> so we really only need a, a couple things to change or happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, primarily, well, three that I'm aware of. We we need for uh, UFO. That's such an ugly word. I know. Um, but we we need for UFOs to exist. Uh, we need for them to contact and groom you, and then we need for them to come to Earth in, in an old planes and hover and then introduce you. That this is this is the the the, the route to uh, keep moving and get out of the way. 
I feel like this is a better way to get the word out than to just, you know, populate podcasts with it. Because yeah. there are a lot more people. I mean, people are listening to podcasts more and more, but there are a lot more people in various places that are searching the skies. <clears throat> yeah, you'd have to be on serial for people to hear it, yeah. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> uh, or, you know, th- or this podcast would have to be about a murder. Oh, sure. Ting, ting. We, we could make this podcast about a murder. <laughs> There's a variety of ways we could do that. <laughs> but no, I do feel like some, I mean, they're already communicating with me yeah. and they've already chosen me, right? So that, and they're already here. So all they need to do is do the next step, which they're planning on doing, which is the big reveal. When Hillary Clinton is president, she's going to go down in the elevator She's going to meet Gleeplorp. He's going to say, all right, we're ready. First, she'll meet Gleeplorp. She'll meet Gleeplorp, but she's going to say, show me your credentials. He's going to hand her a fizzy drink. She's like, right, yes. you're the bartender. So when she, when she first meets Gleeplorp, she's going to go, hey, guys, quit fucking around. Like, show me the real deal. Well, maybe right? not. I mean, the first alien you meet, you're going to be pretty <laughs> impressed. And you're going to be like, of course you're the president. Right. Because no one ever thinks, oh, no, the first person you meet at the door is the doorman, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like she gets, she goes down, the, the Air Force generals are all standing around, they're like, this is Gleepclop, and she's like, hello, nice, to, you know, and hands her her diplomatic badges or whatever, and, and Gleepclop's like, uh, would you like a, a uh, sex on the beach? And then oh, the, so he just he opens with it's a, it's not a cure for cancer. That's a little bit on the nose. Instead, it's just a refreshing drink. Maybe it's like the nicest daiquiri she's ever had. Right, and she looks around confused, and the generals are like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, try it seriously. Nah, Have a yeah. sip." But but this is amazing, Gleep. right? Gleep Glorps on the other side of the curtain. <laughs> but I but I, I see all this. I see all this happening, and when it does, when it does, and they look back, and they go, "Where did the where did the anchor man come from?" Then there, then all of this is, all of this is in the public record, right? They're going to say the anchor man was talking about this a long time before it happened, on his award-winning, on on his uh, his phony award-winning podcast. <laughs> is that the Australian phonies? Yeah, the the phonies. Right. Yeah, the phony I, award-winning podcast, hmm. Roderick on the line. Yeah, I don't know. There's something uh, you know. I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist because you know what? Who 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 really can run a conspiracy? But there's an, there's an alternate version of history in my mind. You think about this. You think about uh, the, what we currently call the first lady. But let's call it the, uh, the first person. of first the person. Uh, Well, technically it would be the second person. But, but the first person of, of the uh, White House uh, usually has like a mission. This is something you go back to. Uh, lady Bird wanted to clean up litter and beautify the highways. Uh, Michelle Obama wants kids to move more and like get in shape. Uh, Barbara Bush, no, not Barbara Bush, uh, Laura Bush was a former teacher so she's all about literacy. I can't tell you, as I sit here today, I don't remember Hillary Clinton having a thing. But I'm, huh. here, maybe she did. That, it doesn't really matter for the sake of this conversation. Here's what I'm trying to say. She was in, John, she was in a situation for eight years where she had a lot of time. She had a lot of stuff she could do. She, can I just say, might have had a little pet project that wasn't quite so public. So I'm not saying that you're not the anchor man because I think you could very you probably will still be the anchor man. But what if we're just in the second or third chapter of a much bigger story? What if she's been working on this 
since 1993. I think she probably has. I, I think, think she, she has. Probably. I think she's been laying the groundwork. She's been getting to know people. She's been figuring out who she can trust. Because, you know, inside of any group, I mean, God, this is certainly true in your band. You can't trust anybody. There's always going to be somebody who's got their own agenda. Like somebody's going to be the cigar-chomping general who wants to blow things up. Somebody else is the stupid liberal who doesn't know to wear, uh, you know, uh, sh- shoes with, uh, with uh, toes on them. Right? You got, you got to have those characters. She's been working those channels all the way. She might have been meeting with Gleek Glop for years now. And Gleek Glop, now, now she's the provisional emissary. I think you become not just the emissary, you, the anchorman becomes the public face. Well, that's, that, uh, that's what I've always been saying. I mean, the, maybe <clears> they've <throat> been contacting lots of people, people they no, can trust. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. You don't no. think so? I don't know. You want to keep a closed system. And I don't think Hillary's been, I don't think, I think that, Yes. So you, you, you're, you're in with most of that except for working directly with Glee Club. I think that the groundwork she was laying in 93, uh, that it, contact with UFOs was her presidential fitness plan. Right. Maybe, maybe somebody starts no. getting on to it a little bit and she says, oh, well, how about you get a single payer card for insurance? Ah! Everybody freaks out, pays attention to that. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Don't look over here at the cards that are pouring out of my sleeves. <laughs> He can't get rid of the cards. <laughs> and and what so what happens is though that we live in a an electoral democracy. When Clinton leaves office, it's not like Hillary's still has the key to Area Fifty One. They take the key back. She's been on the outside. Yeah, She's I mean, on, like on it isn't like she eventually got a job being the person who deals with heads of state of every country on Earth. Oh, wait a minute, she did. Well, okay, <clears throat> but. That job is again the 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 key holder. Yes, like 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 the the key master. <laughs> this, there's a gatekeeper and a key master, as far as we know. The key master in this. And then situation. there's only Zool. Right, mm-hmm. and and Zool <laughs> is Glee Glop. No, Zool is Zool's on the other side of Glee Plorp. Because we keep talking about Glee. You're about saying Glee it's Plorp. actually there's a third UFO called Zool that's 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 less than a guess. <laughs> He's he's on the other side of Gleepcorp because that's the thing. You get into Gleepcorp and you're like, whoa, he's the big shot. But no, he's just the one. You're on, so not ready on, for Zool. Meeting Zool is like meeting a memory. Yeah, when It you, would be when, so weird. If you meet Zool, so you go in, you, you get a drink. <laughs> Gleepcorp makes, makes you a sweet-ass daiquiri. You, you, show go your, in, uh, you show your diplomatic credentials You put on Gleepcorp. your gas mask and you go yeah. behind the curtain and meet Gleepcorp. And then. Who's and then, shoving cattle into what looks like part of a mouth. <laughs> Then there's a light coming from your refrigerator. You open the door, and there's a staircase. <laughs> and you go up, and you meet Zor. Zool. Zool. Okay. Zor Zool. Okay. The point is, yes, Hillary Clinton has been the Secretary of State, but Obama holds the key. Oh, he's like, the key master. George Bush had no idea that Zool was even there. They because, probably they probably tried to tell him so many times. Yeah. And it's like the thing where they're trying to get Homer to go into witness protection and he even after hours he still can't say Homer Thompson. It's <laughs> like that. They sat him down. He's like a little kid. They give him a bowl of cereal and a ball, maybe some yeah. yarn to play with. That's and right. they're like, Mr. And, President, and, like we really, we really I can't tell you in very specific terms, but I want you to listen super carefully to what I'm trying to tell you right now. <laughs> he never was never was interested, but Cheney Sorry anymore, Lucky Charms. Cheney would go down there, and he would uh, gobble up whole cows. <laughs> He'd sit down there with Gleep Glorp, and they'd be sharing uh, cows in their sort of, uh, you know, amorphous form. So, le- so in the Obama administration, I'm what sure. Do you think he wears like a jumpsuit when he goes down there, or is, is he in a suit? 
Who? Uh, <clears throat> when Cheney goes down to talk with Glipglorp or Glipglop, what do you think? Does, does he like, do you have to wear anything special or do you have to do any special preparations? I mean, isn't it a little presumptuous to assume that they can like breathe the same air and eat the same food? I mean, they understand we like daiquiris, but like, how would you prepare yourself as the vice president to go and meet Glipglop? Well, this is, I mean, Gleep Glop, you're going to meet at the bar. Gleep Glorp, it's, it's on Gleep Glorp to breathe our air. You know what I mean? He's here on our planet, right? Oh, and he's, he's got- operating on such a different level. That's like turning a dial for him. That's like that's like switching from HBO to Showtime for him. I will breathe your air, except he can't talk because he's an eldritch figure. Well, or he maybe he's wearing like a, a like a plastic raincoat, like uh, the like the the uh, replicant in Blade Runner, except the plastic raincoat contains his gaseous form. His, his, his gaseous form. Oh, right. oh man! Right. So Cheney, but the thing about Cheney is here's what here's what we know about Cheney. He's ruthless. Mm-hmm. He's toothless. Mm. But he's a he's a he's he's ultimately a dum dum. Right. He's no Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And so he's there chatting it up, eating eating whole cows with Gleeflorp, <laughs> thinking that's the end of the road. And I'm pretty sure the Air Force generals. But you, you're thinking it's more like it's more like, hey, this is cool. I get to see Hamilton. That kind of thing, like he got a little special that day. Well, that and and there, this is the thing. This is what is so hilarious about uh, Gleep Glorp is that he's having the time of his life negotiating with Air Force generals and Dick Cheney, and saying like, "Oh yeah, totally." We should totally do that. And they're like, all right, well, here's what we want to do. Like, it's like talking to a child who's extremely serious about a pillow fort. Oh, that sounds oh. great. We can do that. Yeah, really good idea. They're like, we want to invade Iraq and get there, you know, and, and use alien war technology to make war upon all these people. And they're like, sure. Mm. Gleep Glorp is like, yeah, of course. How about if we give you guys some stealth technology? And they're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Stealth technology, we've won. Mm. But they're just dealing with the gaseous, uh, like guy at the front desk. So, so Glorp is just kind of stringing them along, like totally. basically tre- treating them like kids and saying, like, "Oh God, what an impoverished imagination you have to think that the first thing when you when you meet a gaseous form inside of a raincoat who's eating a cow with you, the first thing you would think is, do you have like, uh, do you have like uh, lost ark weapons?" The that must be. That must seem. He must just shake whatever. If he had a head, he would shake it. Gleep Glorp is an idiot, <clears throat> right? Oh, like okay. Zool has put Gleep Glorp out there. Oh, okay. As just like you, for the first fifty years that we're interacting with these people, they're not going to be able to handle anything. So I'm going to put my like my totally idiotic brother-in-law out there at the front desk. Oh, it's an idiocracy type situation. Yeah, they're not going to get through this guy to me. Not for a while. Not okay. until I get somebody that's, you know, like, look at Cheney, right? Yeah, sure. Cheney, if you if you study his body language and the way he talks, he almost perfectly resembles uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in Men in Black 1. You put that guy in some overalls and put him on a porch, I think it's going to be indistinguishable. Right? The same sort of head He's tick. definitely a guy. Dick Cheney is a guy who has a boat and a trailer. Right, he's got some. He's got some kind of farm that isn't doing as well as it did for his father. Mm-hmm. Right, he's a cockroach mm-hmm. inside of like a, a human skin. Oh, inside of like a inside of a vice president uh, a costume. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm he's saying like, he's kind of kind of like a Dalek. I get it. Okay. We've been in touch ever since Eisenhower. There's been some 
you know, somebody in our government is interacting with the UFOs. Yeah. But they're just giving, they're just like handing you the little, the little uh, chewed on bones of their technology. And, and it, it enables the Air Force to feel like, it, it, you know, like, oh, we're, we developed uh, the F-22 Raptor. Using alien technology, yeah, like Tihi, we 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 did this uh, like amazing thing. Yeah, but really, it's just the stuff on the it, it, it's all the plans on the on the Jolly Rancher labels. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, the I do. I had, I had a friend. I had a friend who uh, his family used to go to Costa Rica on vacation every year, and uh, his grandfather, who mainly funded the vacation, he he liked he liked the fact that he was kind of a big deal. Uh, and when he went to Costa Rica, he would bring hundreds and hundreds of ballpoint pens. And give them to children who, in 1982, were genuinely amazed by ballpoint pens. He could give ball. He could get anything he wanted with ballpoint pens. It was a whole ballpoint pen economy. I don't know where they are today. The pens with the children. What I'm saying is something. He could go to the first union bank, steal a bunch of pens, show up, give them to these kids, and he got pretty much anything he wanted. They they right. were happy. He was happy. There was never a discussion about exactly how sophisticated of an instrument was involved here. You give a thirsty man a cup, he's going to think it's the greatest technology in the world. Am I right? Well, no. I mean, if you give a thirsty man a cup, it's just a cup. You That's a good point. Him, you should you should should get him water. That would be yeah, the better you, technology. You could, yeah, yeah. If you give if you gave a thirsty man a drinking fountain. That's kind of mean to just give him a cup. Really. Yeah, it's like <laughs> here you go. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code SuperTrain at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace puts all the power you need into your hands and takes away the pain points, stuff like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level because there is no coding required. You'll easily be able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology that powers your site, and that also ensures security and stability. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. And their site templates, they're just stunning to look at. They all feature responsive design to make your site look great on all devices. Any size, it's just going to look terrific. That's just getting started. Squarespace has tons of awesome features. They have 24 by 7 support with live chat and email. They have a Squarespace platform that allows you to add a store to your site. And they have this amazing cover page functionality to build great-looking single-page websites, rock-solid, fast hosting, so much more. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, you have to check out their dev platform. This lets you dig into the code and tinker with your Squarespace site. If you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you're going to get a free domain name, and that will allow you to choose exactly what name you want your site to be called. Perhaps best of all, Squarespace plans begin at just $8 a month. You can start a trial with no credit card required. Start building that website today. You go to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, please make sure to use the offer code SUPERTRAIN because that is going to get you 10% off your first purchase and it will show your support for Roderick on the Line. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> How do you like it, buddy? Hey, here, uh, uh, are you hungry? Here, here's a plate. Here's a bread maker. Uh, I don't have any ingredients for you because yeah. uh, if you if we had ingredients, you wouldn't be hungry. But here's a bread maker. And, uh, we should really rethink our outreach effort. <laughs>
<laughs> we're gonna today. We're gonna introduce you to sous vide cooking. We have no water or power here. Oh, but you can cook it at 129 degrees, and it's perfect. You just sear it at the end. <laughs> there is no food here at all to use Can your sous vide sand instruments on. Wow, I, I, you know, thinking about Zools. You, can I, I'm sorry, we've covered so much ground. Can I do a quick couple quick follow ups? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, Gleep Glop, Gleep Glorp, and Zool. Uh, and I understand it's difficult to use language to describe this, especially, you know, all of our Earth terms for things. But are they of the same, for example, are they from the same rough place? Like, let's call it a planet. Are they from the same planet? And if so, uh, or even are they the same kinds of creatures? Or are they, I, see, I'm imagining that the three of them are from completely different places and are completely different mm-hmm. kinds of creatures, mm-hmm. right? I, don't, I think we're not talking about the pandas and uh, red pandas here. Even though they look pretty different, they're both, we still call them pandals. I, I, think, we're, I think we're talking about like uh, a salami versus the concept of God. Yeah, we don't call them pandals because we're from Earth. <laughs> you call them pandals, which is a little confusing you. to me. I hate you. <laughs> but... But keep talking our Earth language until uh, until we forget about it. <laughs> this is the day I'm going to reveal something to you on our Earth, I am, on our I am, podcast. I mean podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all you had to do was re uh, was watch the uh, movie um, uh, uh, Masters of the Universe or whatever it was with the hmm. raccoon and the and the and the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masters in the Universe. We, with, we are, uh, with the we guy. are Hodor or whatever. Right, Hodor, 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 Hodor. You got the guy from Parks and Rec. Right. <clears throat> All you have to do Barbara, is watch Barbara. that to realize that every other planet that isn't Earth is already populated by every kind of race of alien. Right. Right? So raccoons and talking trees and, uh, and green uh, karate girls are all wandering around together. Mm-hmm. And so there's no reason to think that the emissaries all, to all, Earth... All strikingly bipedal. That's true. Well, that may be one of those things like the three-minute pop song that is just in the the, the Da Vinci, like, sort of... Uh, oh, like where you, you know, flip over, Nicholas Cage uh, flips over the Constitution, and there's a whole thing on there about Glee Club. And we learned that bi- bipedal is, like, it's not just a thing. So we're not being, uh, not humanist, we're not being earthist. Right. And, and with a bias, it's actually, no, it actually is bipedals are the best. It just turns out that that's the best way to get around. What if what if what if the evolution goes from like uh, you're a fish swimming around to you develop four legs to you develop two legs to you become a unipede? Would that mean like lowly worm is the height of evolution for us? Lowly worm. Lowly worm's got a shoe. He has an apple car. He definitely seems the happiest person in a very happy story. He's, he is by most by most measurements heavily disabled. But he's able to paint his apple house because he he has a house that looks like an apple. He's got a, he got an apple car like many of us will have in five years. Jaunty hat. <clears throat> he's got a cool like a what do you call that a uh, what do you call that the Australian Austrian kind of like a hiking hat. Yeah, it's a yodelahi hoo. It's a yodelahi hat. Yeah, right. But then over here you got Mister Frumble. <laughs> it was a pig that can't drive, which I think is a little bit piggest. I, you know, but the pigs seem very happy in those stories too. They I mean, love they love getting a hot look at some hot dog or some ham. They'll, they'll just go go order some ham from another pig. Nobody in a Richard Scary universe is having a bad time. Mm. I mean, and they know, you know they know their place. They know what their job is because they have a, they have jobs. I am like, a fox that cleans chimneys, and that's okay. If you've ever been to a little German <clears throat> town 
well, somewhere who, who hasn't like, here. I mean, right, really, yeah. a, little, a little German town somewhere in the Thuringiewald, yeah. Thuringenwald, mm-hmm. um, Scheisse City. You will find that that is how little German towns operate. There's a little butcher who's oh, also a pig. It's like it's like a Rotary Club. They got one of each occupation. Like over yeah. here, this is the the this is the uh, the printmaker. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the pornographer. Yeah, uh, the, the fox is the house painter. Okay. The 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 worm is the yodeler. Okay, uh, you know, like the, that's how little German towns work. And okay. you walk around and you you, you have a, a a little basket, uh, bastic, and you put you shop, and you buy one pair of orthopedic socks. But it isn't like on, Shenzhen. It isn't like literally millions of people are making iPhones. It's it's no. uh, there's a lot of uh, segmentation in uh, how, how every the work single goes. person in Germany has a job, which was his father's job and his father's job before him. Or her her father's job because before this generation, no women you, you in Germany just, you worked. Pass, you pass it down like a pocket watcher and addiction. Yeah, that's okay. right. It's just like, and and it's right there in your name. It's like yeah, you some are uh, the, Schwarzen Scheiße. Yeah, Haben. you're the you're the the Schweinmuller, and <laughs> right, that means that you turn pigs into wheat. Yeah, you're you you, you well, or you or mold wine. Oh, okay. I, I can All never right. tell which is which which which, which Mueller means. No, it probably means uh, you could mull a pig. I bet. Yeah, I mean, if you really, if you really wanted it, dude. Do I now? I didn't realize I wanted it until you. said Isn't that it. funny how that works? There should I be a name for that. Pig. There's probably a German name for that. I, I had a very interesting experience the other day, which made me, which gave me new insight. I think into this whole question that we're talking about, the 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 UFO question. Well, and the, I mean, yeah, let's call it the UFO question because that's something people can understand for better or for worse. Um, but it's also the the Masters of the Universe question a little bit, you know, like like Mar- Marvel's uh, Marvel's Masters of the Universe, Marvel's Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 sort of um, the United Nations idea of UFOs, <clears throat> and yeah. that that Earth people are are just waiting. We're just being sort of cultivated so that one day we are ready to join the United Nations of of uh, universe inhabitants. Oh, we're like the Turkey of the universe. <clears throat> so, so far, I mean, it feels right, like, like, like the EU is going to like kind of wait and see how it goes. We're not going to, you're not going to get on the first ballot. Right. Not on the first ballot. Right. You, but, and you want to be in. And, uh, but the thing is all of our movies depict the United Nations of the universe as mostly human beings with some blue people walking around. You get like a star Wars Senate. Because we're trying to, we're trying to get it. We're trying to get what it's going to be like. But in future UFO movies, we're going to find more and more that like the humans are the weird ones, and most of and most everybody else there looks like a rhinoceros. Yeah. But at, over time, right? We're getting accustomed to the idea. But the other day, I was walking uh, through a park, and I saw a group of people. Now I, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the gutter punk subculture? Uh, <clears throat> I, I think so. This is the uh, the young and willfully homeless uh, Gus Van Sant kids. Right, right, and and they have. Is a this very, kind of a like kind of a private Idahoan culture? They do. Uh, well, it is yes, but gutter punks within even that culture are a very specific brand of my own private Idahos. Okay, um, where they have a they have a. A, a clear aesthetic um, and for 
for all of their like uh, their outsiderness, like you can if you see two gutter punks uh, coming through the rye, <laughs> you're going to recognize them as a member of the same tribe. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and that tribe overlaps with you know with the normal sort of. I I find it to be even less punk than it is. It's closer to like um, tribal, like nine inch nails y style yeah. than it is like just classic hardcore or whatever. But it's it's its own tribe, and it's a <clears throat> it's a little it's a, more like dark and gothy. No, I mean it's like tribal scarification and tattooing and and uh like elongated earlobes. Oh, you got the sink stoppers, yeah. Stuff that 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 within like a hardcore community wouldn't exactly be what everybody was rocking over there. But but one of the defining things about their uh about their aesthetic is that they mend their own clothes. They wear just sort of they each one have sort of one outfit. Mm. that they that they mend uh over and over and you have to wonder some of that stuff seems pre-mended you know what i mean like they like if you're a young gutter punk and you come on the scene you've already got a kind of like a scarecrow outfit i agree before you before you've really like worn holes in the like in if the somebody stuff. gave them a nice pair of slacks to fit well they might not accept it well, or they'd start mending them right away. Even oh, they pre-mend them. But you know, they're most mostly wearing sort of clothes that are based in in black colors. But then you put a layer of of dirt and grime on it, and it all kind of takes on this sort of gray blue, like blue gray black color. I mean, there's a certain color of garment that if I saw it, if I saw a swatch of it, I would say gutter punk. Because it's because it's a a, a, um, a patina you cannot get any other way. Hmm. Anyway, I have a long, long, long uh, history and involvement with gutter punks. My, I had a good friend whose name was Grant, and he decided <clears throat> at the age of about twenty-one that he wanted to be known as Grant Funk Rayro. That's not even that funny the first time. Have I ever told you about Grant <clears throat> no, Funk Rayro? No, I don't well, think you Grant, have. Grant was a beautiful guy mm-hmm. um, and a gutter punk. How much How much time did you really spend on that one? Grant Funk Rayro? Yeah. I'm sure that what happened was, like a lot of gutter punk culture, it came up at some point when he was wasted. He was and, high, and then he... Uh... And then it stuck. <sighs> Grant Funk Rayro. <clears throat> God. And people would refer to him by that name, Grant Funk Rayro. Rayro. <laughs> Uh, Grant was, and this was at a time when I was, um, you know, I was never, certainly never a gutter punk, but also never really, uh, uh, like a, a confirmed street kid because I always, you, you can't take at a certain, at a certain point of education, even self-education, you cannot take that education back. Yeah, as a, as a dear friend of mine used to say, you can't choose to join the proletariat. Mm. Right, although if, you, so if you've got a phone number did. in your pocket that you could call to make it all get better within a couple of days, you're not you're not really in the proletariat. Yeah, you can't. You, yeah, that's right. You cannot. You can, you, you can. you know what I mean? Like you can choose to not eat today, but that's really 
different from the legacy of having missed a lot of meals as a kid. It's a very different thing. Yeah, you can choose to not eat for a month, but it's it's the it's the Mother Teresa Gandhi problem, right? They 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 went they went all that way toward the identification of themselves with people who truly are suffering, but they both came from they both went to college. They they know? didn't do it, you know, exclusively to look cool though. No, no, no. They had the best of intentions and a lot of people They helped, they helped a lot of people. I see I see it all the time. People who are who, you know, when they affix that uh, Wagmore bar- Barkless bumper sticker to the back of their Subaru, they mm. mean they they mean it. Mm. They're not kidding, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, they're not just judging. No. They're helping. But so these, so gutter punks and I, we traded in the same uh, marketplace for a while. And Grant was actually a very close friend. And we sort of crashed together often crashed upon one another fairly regularly when we were too wasted to move on down the road. And Grant, uh, you know, smelled terrible, but I did too. And, um, but he had a certain, he was, he was prepared to go further down the drain. He was committed. He was more committed. I was at a party with him one time and he, uh, he stuck a fork into a, into a, burner on an electric stove because we were using the burner to hot knife hash Mm. and he stuck a fork into it because we're all you know heating up this hot knife to like hot knife some drugs hot knifing and he uh, (laughs) stuck a fork into it and we're like you know it's not called hot forking Mm. it's called hot knifing and he took the fork after it was red hot and he just pressed it into his arm Mm mm-hmm I was like, what are you doing? It seems like something you could learn from watching Quincy. Yeah, don't do that. But, yeah. you know, that's yeah. that's where the line between that's me so and That's so crazy, man. What are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm... Uh. But he was, you know, he was legit. And I, <laughs> he was legit what? He was legit... Uh, are you like, not defending this kind of behavior, are you? No, but I mean, at the time, it was like, that's a pretty good party trick because you're going to have a burned <laughs> fork on your arm the rest of your life. Yeah, that's that's true. And you did that just now, <clears throat> just for our benefit, uh, which is yeah, like I got to give it up to that. I'm not gonna try it. I don't. I have no desire to like. I guess I, I'm. I'm just. I'm not that attracted to things that make less of a statement than a t-shirt I would never wear. Well, that's that's, that's not like what 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 is what's he committed to when he's doing that? Who knows? Okay. Who, Sorry. I mean, I mean <laughs> if you if you. I mean, there are people who have put less thought than that into tattoos. Oh. Got to skip that one. So anyway, so, your, your point is your point is he is committed to the gutter punk lifestyle and ethos. Well, I don't. Yeah, I'm not even sure that gutter punks would describe. <laughs> I'm, anything just, I'm struggling about, to understand what this means. I'm so, that they would they would describe anything about themselves as being a, a, an ethos. Certainly not, mm-hmm. uh, or even a lifestyle. I think I think if you if you posed this question to any gutter punk, they would just dismiss the whole line of questioning outright. Mm. But here's the thing. I'm walking through a park and I come upon a, a very large group of gutter punks. There's probably 20 plus gutter punks of all sizes and shapes and genders and races, right? It's, a, it's truly a tribe of gutter punks in like situ. Mm-hmm. And generally you see about four of them at a time, right? And one of them will have a, one of them will have a German shepherd puppy on a, 
on a chain. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, one of them will have a, like, one of their aesthetics is to take the little, uh, the little metal cap, little metal top of a Bic lighter, and they take those and, and sort of, uh, crunch them into the brim of their baseball hats oh. or onto their uh, Levi's jackets. Mm. So it makes a kind of little, it's a, uh, it, it has the effect of kind of studs, mm-hmm. you know, leather jacket studs, mm-hmm. but it's, but they didn't even have to pay for the studs. They just Mm-mm. ripped this stuff off of lighters that, that are, you know, used old lighters. Yeah. Their people use every part of the lighter. They use every part of the lighter. That's exactly right. And they have, you know, and, and so you usually see about uh, between two and four of them traveling together. And there are as many female gutter punks as there are males. I mean, it's a very like, it 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 really is. It's almost like Oregon Country Fair, but turned into dystopian future punk thing. But here's there's twenty twenty five of them all together, and I walk up on this group very curious, like why? What is this the gathering? Like why are you all here? And they're they're and they're playing music. And as I get closer, I realize they are playing. Full on, like hillbilly mountain music. <laughs> There's a guy with a tiny, tiny, <clears throat> tiny little like piccolo banjo. They're producing full on hillbilly mountain music. They are, and they are rocking it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's somebody playing. I shit you not, a tub bass. Wow. Like a broomstick and a wash tub and a like boom one string bass. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. Right there's yeah. like the there's someone playing what we once upon a time called a Jew harp, which is now a jaw harp. There's a harmonica. There are like two guitars. There's a full size banjo. There's this piccolo banjo. Uh, there's like a violin and a flute, and they're all the instruments are are gutter punked too. Right, they're all like either handmade or oh. found and patched. Mm-hmm. And the, and you they, know they, they look a little bit like Dexy's Midnight Runners. They looked exactly like Dexy's Midnight. That's Runners. That's all I can see. If you had, if you took Dexy's Midnight Runners from 1982, mm-hmm. and you put them, and you chewed them up and spit them into a hole in the ground like kimchi, mm-hmm. and left it there until now, you, oh, you get you get a little trowel, and then you gently oh, move the dirt aside and inside, inside gutter, gutter punks. Is this is this banjo group of gutter punks, and the music they're making is great. It's like, I mean, like mountain hillbillies are not that far away from gutter punks anyway, and it's it's come full circle, right? It's like this could be 1918, and here they are, and they are singing and playing with a lot of like joy. Hmm. And there's a you know there are several gutter punks that are part of obviously part of the camp train that aren't playing music with them currently, but are sitting around kind of looking like sort of sneering and looking like you know uh, uh, and regarding me with a look of like oh do you like this oh is that something that you like which is kind of a like a classic punk rock move yeah right like where you pull your shirt down and show your boob and then when somebody looks at it, you're like oh do you like that. Mm, is that yeah. something that you like? Where you're like, oh man, really working against the grain. I'm super shamed now. I stopped to listen to this band, and now I'm super shamed by their friends for liking it. Because oh, is that are we are we entertaining you? Are we like a clown to you? Are you not amused? <laughs> but I'm really in, in, entertained. And the thing that is most entertaining is that this band requires that these gutter punks 
have done a thing which is antithetical to gutter punkism, which is that they have coordinated with one another. They got a little bit organized. They got organized. They learned a bunch of songs together. They are all playing music together. And yet, they are clearly true gutter punks, right? I mean, they, I, you can tell by looking at them that they're not posers. This is a real tribe of totally real, deep, deep, deep in it, never going to be part of the normal world gutter punks. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're making banjo music that's actually good. Hmm. And I was like, this is fucking UFOs. Oh. Right? This is not... Is this an analogy? Is the is which part of it an analogy? I don't know. Mm, this is what's so you're saying. You're saying Dexy's Midnight Runners, Gutter Punk, commit committed kimchi people. They might actually literally be UFOs. I'm saying that the that the Venn diagrams are starting to overlap. Things. <sighs> this is one of the signs. No it does one does not strain. Knows. It does not strain credulity. I have to tell you that as as okay. So here's the thing. You do a uh, do a Pepsi challenge. Is this person an UFO? Which one of these people's a new foe, right? I mean, I think, right. I think uh, you know, uh, five times out of seven, I might pick the gutter punks. Well, line them up against the wall, right? Here's your, here's your straight-laced banker, Mr. Business Guy. Yeah. And here's your, uh, here's your housewife who's taking a little bit of mother's little helper every day. And then here's Fucking hypocrites. Here's your, gutter, your gutter punk who's living yeah. an alternative yeah. lifestyle. Play yeah. the band. I got a lighter in my hat. Which one's the UFO, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to say the businessman or the housewife. No one's going to say the gutter punk yeah, because it's too obvious. Hmm. But in fact, th- this, was a, this was, I think, a little bit of a sign, yeah. right? A little yeah. bit of a glimpse behind the matrix because how many people know enough about gutter punk subculture to walk up on a thing like that and say, wait a minute. This is weird. The ga- gathering of the gutter punks. So, I'm, see, my concern, I don't mean to script your story up here, but my, 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 my thing is, like, I feel like, and maybe this is just the entitle- entitlement of being my age and having been, been through, a, you know, a couple rodeos, I feel like I can look at the gutter punks and go, yeah, you know, that's stupid, but I get that. I get what they're going for there. I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of housewives out there that I would find a lot more inscrutable. Maybe we all, we, all, we all get the UFO we deserve. Well, that's exactly it's like, right. It's like if, a beard. If you are living in the suburbs and there's a housewife that's behaving abnormally, mm-hmm. that's not that unusual, right? Because people who all, complain, people who complain about the food that was brought to a potluck at an elementary school, I'm much more likely to think that might be an UFO. Well, no, that's the thing, though. Every housewife in the suburbs is unusual in her own way. Oh, Anna Karenina. Yeah, exactly. So the woman that's that's complaining about the food at a potluck, she's just behaving. She's behaving consistent with the overarching scheme of a housewife who is drinking a little bit of white wine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you saw four suburban housewives walking down the street, all carrying field hockey sticks mm-hmm. over their shoulders, jaunt or like if you saw four housewives playing field hockey. <laughs> You would know that that was maybe a little bit unusual. Sure, right? sure, sure. And that's yeah. what that is the equivalent of seeing twenty five gutter punks playing banjos. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get. I, I can. I, I. I can tell you that the thing I really get. I can get how that must have been a really crazy experience. Except very subtle, right? Because at first blush, you're like, oh, here's a bunch of gutter punks, and they're being a pain in the ass. Or yeah. Um, but then to to see them 
like passionately playing music well on home built instruments. It was just it either either that subculture is expanding because because a fake gutter punk in that situation would not have cut it, right? That that the core of that group was 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 definitely down. You're saying like if Steve Vai showed up or something. Right, or some or He's some, wearing more like, like a vest. Some crusty kid who's who you know, who is just running away from home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like wouldn't wouldn't be part of this gang. These guys are going to the bottom of the ocean together. But like yeah. So anyway, it just seemed to be one of those signs of like stuff's gonna start to come unraveled. Every once in a while you're gonna put put a credit card into one of those uh parking meter things and it's gonna say, Today your parking is free. Mm. You're gonna say, What? Mm. That never happens. Right. And there's a reason it never happens because these computers now are programmed to be pure evil, but all of a sudden the parking meter is just pumping out like free tickets. Oh, and, right. and then you stand there and you watch, and the next person has to pay, and you're like, "That was just for me." Like little huh. things, little things are going to start going right. If okay, you know and so that what what does that indicate? Well, that's just, I mean, little things go wrong all the time. Oh yeah, that's a jam up day. But when things, little things start going right. Oh. When the check engine light goes off. Oh. Right. 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 When the when the when the the closet door that's always stuck stops sticking. Interesting. It's like who's laying the groundwork for what here? Uh huh. You see what I'm saying? I think I do. I think I do. When the gutter part punks start organizing and contributing to society in the form of music. Hmm. Like. In a way, they're violating their, their credo, but it's still consistent with their credo. I don't understand how it's possible. It's like bending light. Mm-hmm. Is this a juggalo thing for you? What? Well, you know, you remember you had your change of heart about the juggalos. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, and you, sometimes you'll dive deep on a culture. I'm assuming you Google them. And, and then, but in this case, this is out of your personal experience. You've seen people jamming uh, the tops of lighters into their hats. They've got a cute dog with a bandana. Hmm. Dog's not that cute, actually. Dog's pretty scroungy. Scroungy dog. Uh, okay. The thing about juggalos is that so I do not think there must be some uh, gutter punk juggalo overlap, but I don't think there's much. Okay. Okay. I think gutter punks stay to, keep to themselves. I I'm still waiting for the juggalo rising, mm-hmm. and I know that they most definitely feel chosen by the ufos. But I think that's another one of these Dick Cheney uh, eating cows with Gleepclorp. I think you're right. For example, let's say you decided uh, you wanted to get uh, a personal assistant. You probably would not go on Twitter and say, hey, does anybody want to be my personal assistant? Well, you might not. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do it all the time. Okay, okay. Because the problem is so you're going to have a lot of vetting to do, and yeah. it's not going to be the most qualified people, because what kind of super qualified person sits on Twitter looking for a job and just answers a thing randomly? You would want to do something a little more strategic. So the UFOs yeah. would not necessarily want to go to the people who already regard themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit on the nose. Yeah, they're not they're not walking up on people that have a have an an like a green alien on a t-shirt on a really long baggy t-shirt i hope a, not i john I, I really really yeah i really hope not or like an alien bart simpson or something I, I really hope not but they might sidle up so one of those let's say let's say you're a juggalo who's got an alien face on a long t-shirt mm-hmm. every once in a while you got to go to the dentist right because your mom is gonna 
say you've got to go to the dentist. Yeah, you're, you aren't still on our insurance. You might as well use it. Right. You're not a gutter punk who never goes to the dentist, whose yeah. teeth are black. You're a, you're a juggalo who sometimes makes it back to grandma's house. Yeah, you drink a lot of pop. You want to get yeah, that taken care of. You probably haven't seen your mom in a long time, but you do no. see your grandma. She understands. And she's going to take you to the she's going to take you to the dentist. So you get in the elevator at the dentist's office, and you're riding up. The dentist's office is on the fourth floor, because none of the buildings in your town are taller than five stories tall. Right. On the second floor, the elevator stops. The door opens. A guy gets in. He's going up two, and in the space of going up two floors, you juggalo in the in the glow in the dark alien smoking a bong T-shirt. Yeah. Have a conversation with this guy. You get off on the fourth floor to go to the dentist's office. He stays on to go to the fifth floor, inexplicably. Mm. But in the course of those two stories that you travel together, he gives you some information about UFOs that indicates to you that you have been tapped. Okay. Right? That's how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to happen to a juggalo. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. And he's So they're they're thinking more it's going to be like a Matrix kind of scenario, like an Agent Smith type is going to sidle up. Right, and then they're going to go back to their tribe, their gathering, and they're going to say, dudes, dudes, I had an experience, right? And that's going to galvanize a certain little quadrant. The juggalos are going to go, you know, they're going to go into their, the next day with new knowledge, new information. So that when the anchor man comes, <laughs> they are primed to mm-hmm. know their job mm. in the big in the system, right? Mm-hmm. When the anchor man starts appearing on the television monitors at the at the toad in the hole, <laughs> they're ready. They know they know what this is about. Stay tuned for a very special announcement. Oh, here it comes! Here, yeah, here, it comes. <laughs> here comes the anchor man, dude, 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 dude. Shh, shh. It's the anchor man. <laughs> I love that name so much. I don't understand why you're using it, but I really like it. Because <laughs> he could be the anchor man, like in a relay. Like you're the we're the first guy that does not drop the baton of stupid. Because right, you're the anchor man. You're the last one. You got you got to do that last quarter mile. What I'm not claiming is that the UFOs are giving me any privileged information. Mm-hmm. They are just picking me to sit in the chair. And have the experience of experiencing the UFOs for the first time with everybody as a kind of proxy mm-hmm. so that I'm seeing it just as everyone else is seeing it, but I'm on TV saying, look, this is what we're seeing. Am I right? Are hmm. we seeing this? Yes, are we you are. Worried, are you worried this is going to seem perfidious or disloyal to your countrymen? Well, this is, this is, this is the trust. This is why they picked me, right? Because yeah. the trust that I'm able to... in inspire uh where other people are like is this guy just feeding us a line of bull is he just br- some brainwashed juggalo why why uh, him why why uh why a phony award-winning podcaster uh john roderick yeah why should we listen to him who's he's this just, guy he's just telling us what the aliens want us to hear it seems like it would be carson daly yeah exactly that's exactly right you, you i think a lot of people are going to say that. a lot of, literally that's what people are going to say why not carson become, daly you're part you're part of the you know, Carson Daly's already a Borg, mm-hmm. right? Right, uh, right? Or right, Jimmy right. Kimmel, right? Like they, they're already parroting what the alien masters want them to say. Mm-hmm, Why mm-hmm. not just use one of them? Yeah, but I mean, no, it's, it's, it seems so obvious. That's the key, right? Uh, in order a fresh, for, fresh spin on the brand. Yeah, in order for people to truly trust the messenger, the messenger has to be outside. The messenger has to be able to criticize the message. 
Interesting. Right? So so they don't so the, see you as a, as a, as a dupe no. or, or a mope or a schmo. No, I'm not a schmo or a mope. Or a dope. Or a dope. I'm like, I would, so if the, if the UFOs do something weird, mm-hmm. right, if, the, if, if stuff starts uh, going, going a little bit sideways or inexplicable, yeah. I would be there saying, well, now, wait a minute, this is a little bit inexplicable. You're telling me you, you might be calling Gleek Lorp on a shit? I would be calling the Gleep Lorps. On, I mean, and the thing is, they're way ahead of me, yeah. right? They know I'm going to be calling them on their shit. But I, but you know, the, and and the yeah, whole does the does the boot fear the ant? Does the boot fear the ant? Right. the The whole game would be. This is what's the amazing thing about the game. The whole game would be: Am I aware enough? Uh, at what level am I aware of of my culpability? At what level am I aware I'm being duped? <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. and I would always be searching for the next layer of being duped, like I always already well, yeah, am. Yeah, think about how many people join the army, knowing exactly what happens to people who join the army, like yeah. why we have an army. Mm-hmm. We, well, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but you know, sometimes we have wars, and you're going to have to go die, and you sign up for that. That that's your job. Now you're also probably going to get a college education and medical care for life, but let's set that aside for now. You're saying you go into this, uh, yeah, yeah, open, open wide, eyes shut, uh, heart, heart open. You go into this, and you're all ready, right? You're 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 uh, you're ready to go into this. Uh, great guns. You're gonna you're gonna ride this thing as long as it goes, but you're gonna keep your eyes open. Well, that's I mean, this is what qualifies me for the job, right? Because we yeah. already spend all day, every day, going. I know I'm being duped a thousand different ways. How? Like, I accept. I accept uh, refined sugar. I accept the fact that they are playing a Weezer in the grocery store now. Hmm. I accept the fact that I cannot drive a car without putting a seatbelt on because the car will lecture me through a series of bongs. Mm-hmm. I, I accept all these things. I know that I'm being mind controlled. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also looking for the next layer of mind control and the one after that. Mm-hmm. That's the job. That's the job okay, of being the anchor I th- man. Okay, I'm finally getting it. It's the same reason when I, when they call me up for jury duty and I go, Ugh, I really don't want jury duty. And they go, really? Tell us more. And I say, ah, I just, I, I kind of, I don't trust the system. I can't, I mean, no offense, you guys, you know, but I, I, the system seems weird. The two jury things I've sat on, I tried really hard, but I still didn't feel great about how it turned out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And they all look at each other and they're fucking licking their chops. Because you know what? I just identify myself, identify myself as the ultimate juror that mm-hmm. both sides would love. Because mm-hmm. I've shown that I fret and I think about it and I, I don't have a hard on for either side. That's right. Right? And that's, that's kind of you at the UFOs. That's right. Except they instead want, of two, two attorneys, it's three aliens. They want somebody who's, who's up there saying what everybody's thinking. Right. And that's how people learn to trust the, the spokesperson. And the and the game for me would be like I know that's what they're doing too. Yeah, and I'm saying that out loud, ladies and gentlemen. I share your concerns. Yeah, I, ladies, I've, I've talked to Gleep Corp about this. I have. I I believe me. I understand, ladies and gentlemen. Let's ask ourselves this question: Is Zool the last one? Everybody says, so. "Who the fuck is Zool?" Yeah, like like the. Let, let me handle that. Let me worry about that. But is Zool even the last one? I don't think Zool is. I think Zool is probably the guy behind the desk at the U.S. Embassy in Niger. I, that's all I can do not to think about what is the nature of the fourth UFO. You've, you've, you've gone past the daiquiri. Yep. 
You've, you've, you've eaten some. You've eaten some whole cows. You've eaten some whole cows with, with Dick Cheney, and, and Dick Cheney's still sitting there on the couch. You've met less than a gaseous form inside of a space raincoat. You go into the refrigerator and up the stairs, up the and stairs. there's Zool, mm-hmm. right? And then what? Then what? You cross the streams, obviously. At that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. You, you get uh, you get an, uh, you get a, a team of three female Ghostbusters, and you cross the streams. Easy text. The question then, becomes, what, are you okay with that? Are you okay with not knowing what exists behind that fourth door? It sounds to me like you're okay with that, and you're maybe even uh, you're curious. Who can know what's behind the fourth door? Who can Hillary know? Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's the one that knows. Do you have a contingency just... plan? If anything happens to you, God forbid, mm. is there? do you have a contingency plan in mind for who could be your second in this? No, that's not... I don't think that's... You think they'd have think... to just, pull, just cancel the whole thing? John, John is not available. He has experienced no, earth death. I mean death. I think that I think that first they're going to put me through one of those uh, airport scanners. Oh, this is Ex- where they fix. <laughs> this yeah. where they fix your health. Yeah, they fix my health. <laughs> you, the first three times you said this, I thought it was a very, very funny bit, and I'm starting to realize <laughs> it's not a bit. No, it's not a bit at all. They're going to the first bit. thing. First thing they're going to do is they're going to repair the <laughs> ligaments in my ACL. My, they're going to give you space person. Tommy John surgery. They're going to do. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to clean me out. They're going to take gonna, off all the skin tags. No more the, eczema. Your head's not going to be allergic to itself anymore. That's right. My little broken finger is going to be able to straighten itself out all the way. Oh man! Uh, well, what about your teeth? They're going to fix your teeth. They're gonna, absolutely going to fix my teeth. Oh, that's what I'm really waiting. That's for. so nice. They just corn on the cob again. Oh. They're going to take all the little cancerous cells that haven't started to metastasize yet, yep. and they're going to just take them out. That's, this is nothing for them. This, is like, running super, a, this so is like running a Hellmack over a sweater to them. This is okay. nothing. I'm, I'm, going to be like, I'm going to be like washed rice after this. They're oh, just going to comb man. out all the impurities. And then, I mean, maybe after the Anchorman has, you know, there's going to be a certain point at which my brain can't handle it anymore. Yeah. And then they're going to retire me to a to a veld somewhere. Do you think they put you? Uh, do you think they put you uh, down with the UFOs? I mean, by this point, I mean you're going to live for let's be honest, about 700 years. Yeah, yeah. Because we've we've as we've discovered with science, even if we fix all the things, there's still a statistical probability. It's be very difficult to live beyond a certain amount of years. In your case, I'm going to say they're probably going to give you the endoconing and not charge you for it. Also, they're going to give you all the things so you don't get future skin tags. It comes right from the factory. The undercoating comes right. They know diseases we haven't even heard of yet. They're going to fix you. You're going to be good to go. But something's going to happen. Heat death of the universe. But 700 years from now, you're going to need to retire. Let's call it a Methuselian 700 years. Yeah, what is it? Uh, 769? 969. 969. He, he went over to nine, but I feel like yeah. seven is good for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day, and uh, it's been very hot up here in the Northwest. I was gone for the weekend, and I came back. And I was like, hey, Mom, what'd you do this weekend? And she said, well, I mostly read. And I said immediately, wow, that sounds like a great weekend. And she was like, it really was. And... Then I heard us as though listening from outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. My mom spent the entire weekend reading, and I immediately I identified that and, and identified with that as like a great weekend. And you don't, you don't are, even have to like stop to process it. You, you no. just go, like, oh, that sounds really oh, nice. Oh, wow. You just. You just read all yeah. weekend? Wow. 
But there are a lot of people that would not think that was a great weekend, and there are a lot of people that would think that was a horrible weekend, and there are yeah. a lot of people that wouldn't even be able to process those words. Wouldn't consider it a weekend. Um, why would you? What? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's say, I'm, let's say the anchor man is 700 years old. <laughs> the anchor man. Will, will you eventually start referring to yourself in the third person regularly? Well, we'll see. I'm sorry. Will the anchor man start referring to himself in the third person? <laughs> we'll see what the anchor man decides. <laughs> Because the anchor man's an independent thinker, and yeah. he's going to decide for himself. It's you not have no idea how much wisdom you're going to accumulate. You don't, you don't have to worry about stupid shit anymore. Well, you, obviously, there's still tons of stupid shit. You may discover new kinds of stupid shit you didn't know about, but you're not going to have to think about skin tags and eczema. You're not going to have to think about that finger in your teeth. All that stuff is gone, and I'm assuming for you're the job the spirit of— now. You can, you can, you can now, you're, now you are truly living what we thought. You know, back in the 1960s, Peter Drucker, we're all going to have this creative culture in the life of the mind. <laughs> Guess who's living that? The anchor man. The anchor man, right? And the anchor man, it is a job being the anchor man. So that they're obviously they're filling my space. If you take account it seriously, everything's a job, John. It doesn't well, have know. to be a bad it's not a death sentence to have a but, job. But no, but it pays is what I'm saying. Oh. So like like, like my Bitcoin indicator is like going ding ding <sighs> ding or whatever. Oh, they, do you don't think they'd pay in space dollars? Well they would, but what are Bitcoins if not space dollars? <laughs> That's it. I feel like I'm getting sick. <laughs> oh, God.